<laughs> I'm looking at Matt and he, I could tell he wasn't, I could tell he wasn't saying oh, I didn't say anything this time. You, you actually, you were very good. Yeah. You're like a well-trained. You're actually living rent-free in Bren's head though. Cause he still beefed his own intro because he was thinking about you <laughs> interrupting. It, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't Matt that beefed my intro. That was just, that was, I would have done it anyway. No, he was Matt, trying yeah. to call me out when I wasn't doing shit. Yeah. Welcome to Plat Chat episode. What is it? 55 that's right 55 sure well done everybody at home yeah uh this is the the post grand finals episode i feel out of sorts i woke up today at five o'clock in the morning i've been trying to slowly adjust my sleep schedule as we all have and we, yeah. we didn't know if this episode was going to get recorded uh did we well we did i mean we knew it was going to get recorded we, we didn't, just didn't know when we didn't know. i mean we, we knew did we were we? going to do an, an episode on the grand finals this week we did know that uh but we you, did not you guys know. are lucky to be getting this episode. Yep. Well, <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, we're all so lucky to make this episode. What methods have you guys been doing to fix your sleep? Uh, an easy one. Uh, so basically what I did is I ended the broadcast at 10 a.m. Yeah. I slept from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, I got up. I streamed for whatever reason. I don't know. I felt like compelled <laughs> to turn my stream on. I streamed for three hours till four. Uh, I laid in bed from like four to like seven, slept from seven to midnight, came back into my room. Uh, I played like two games of Valorant. Then I destroyed, like I took down everything, like the whole virtual set. Uh, and then four in the morning, I went to sleep and I woke up at 10 a.m. the next day and I've been fine. So you said that was a simple method. I mean, there were so many convoluted steps to that. What was convoluted yeah. about it? Why'd I mean, you lay in bed from four till seven? Not because sleep? I wanted because because I, I wanted to stay up as long as possible. So so just, you did it in bed. You went to yeah. bed to stay up extra long. Yeah, I did. I I, well, I, I don't know about you guys. Toughness to just fight through the no, the bed. I, sleepy I have stage. been struggling. Well, I I've been struggling so. Uh, get so much. I woke up today at 5 a.m. Uh, yesterday I woke up at midnight. The day before that I woke up at like 6 p.m. What time are you going to bed? Huh? What time are you going to bed? Like, how are you just not able to sleep? Properly? I went to bed at 8 p.m. Uh, last night. Hmm. And you woke up at five. Yeah, that's yeah. See, yeah. you're just not able to like stay in bed for a few more hours. Like, if you got out of bed at like 8 a.m., that would have been fine. My well, I woke up at 1 a.m. Oh. and I was wide awake, so I took, uh, yeah, I took some melatonin and decided to knock myself out again, and now I feel really out of sorts. My, uh... When I wake up in the morning, I can just choose to go uh, back to sleep. Yeah, like, well, I, I, that... never, I never wake up and I'm like, boom, I'm awake. I, I, have, to, I have to actively get myself out of bed. Your, so uh, it's perfect Jedi, for these situations. The son of Palpatine, is that your, <laughs> is that your Jedi power? <laughs> well, that I was will, actually mine say, and Custer's like big difference this week. Was Custer was just like, yeah, I felt great, you know. I w w went to bed at like four p.m. and like, or went to bed at like noon and woke up at like nine p.m. I feel great, and I was like, I'm on five hours of sleep. What the fuck's happening this week? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And it was polar opposites. I, 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 I asked ask one of my friends for advice yeah. on yeah. how to like effectively fix your sleep. And one of the things they recommended actually was to to go camping, uh, outside, like camping outside. Well, uh, yeah. the sunset. Because 
because the the you know the, the daylight being out in the sun all the time would slowly fix your schedule where you're trying you basically your body would get more tired during the night um mm. do, do you know what i mean like oh, your, your rhythmic yeah. biological cycle yeah. Um, I'm gonna say yes, I, I do because I just don't want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So I went, I went out, I went out into the forest uh, for <laughs> like at least yeah. a couple of days. Oh, um, a few days. It's been a few days. I mean, it has been a few days since since the You've finals. You've been in the forest since the finals. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Welcome and, back and, to society. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what did you do in the forest? What, well, I was I went out into the forest, and obviously we came very well prepared. Um, we yeah. bought a bunch of food. I say we, it was just me. Went into the forest alone. <laughs> <laughs> gotta stay socially and, distanced. Uh, yeah, you gotta stay social distanced. And, uh, I, you know, I bought enough supplies. I bought enough beef jerky for at least a week. Um, and mm-hmm. a bunch of distilled water, which you're not supposed to drink, but uh, I bought it anyway. Um, you, you, you're not supposed to drink distilled water, Matt. No, you're not. Sure, I don't drink water. Wait, I just drink coffee. distilled water? Distilled water is like it actually actively removes minerals from your body. Yeah, when you drink it's, it. it's oh. utterly pure water. Do they sell it? Not supposed to drink it, but uh, I, mean, I bought it, it anyway. Like science and stuff. I ran into <laughs> using cars. Oh, wait. let Bryn, let Bryn talk yeah, about I ran into happened. a couple of issues when I was out there yeah. in the forest because it's I, horrible. Well, issue number one was that COVID has caused the bears to, to return to California. So they mm. stole all of my beef jerky out the back of the car. Now you might be wondering how did they, how did they open the back of the car? Well, bears are very, very smart, quite intelligent animals. So I immediately mm. ran into a problem. Problem number one, no food. Problem number two, water was useless. It was actively causing me to become dehydrated. I mean, just just silliness all around. And I thought, well, this is it. You lived a long life. You're 24, but this is how you're gonna die. God, that would have been terrible. And as I was accepting my fate, staring up at the night sky, still sleep-deprived and unable to fall asleep, I realized, <laughs> hang on. What do they always say to you when you're in these survival scenarios? What do they always say? The one thing they always say. You better have T-Mobile 5G. Fucking damn right, man. They always say, if you've got T-Mobile's 5G network, you know you're going to be safe when you're trapped in the wilderness with no food or water. So that's what I did. Pulled out my phone, chucked it up, and I was like, oh, wait, there it is. Oh, up, up, up. 5G bars. Go on, then. So with 5G coverage in all 50 states, T-Mobile's got the America's largest 5G network. And even better. No other 5G signal goes farther to bring you closer to the Overwatch League and keep you connected to the game. So rank up. And take your wireless game to the next level with T-Mobile. Visit T-Mobile.com today so that you won't be stranded into the forest with no food or water. Now, I could continue the story, but I'm imagining at least at, least at this point, you're going to be wanting to talk to a little bit. Hear about the Overwatch League, you know, the grand finals, all that thing. What? Did you just malfunction? Uh, dude, I am not functioning as a human currently. So it's a, it's a miracle we're even recording this episode. You best be grateful, you little shits. Yeah, neither am I. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I don't know how we're going to get through this. Just Let's like you, Phil. Me and Josh will be the, the Let's beacons talk about of hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. You do, yeah. you and Josh. Yeah, you know, we're going to get into this. Thank you so much, Matt, for your awesome yeah. analysis in last week's episode. Really, Let's you know, start with truly accurate. You know, we'll get quarterfinals. The beginning, Quarter the final. introduction to any good story starts with Seoul versus San Francisco Shock. Uh, this was, I believe, the first match of the quarterfinals that we witnessed. Yep. Who would have known? that it was going to be the grand finals in this moment. I mean, none yeah. of us did. 
None of us. Did. What a fun, what a fantastic precursor for the entire yeah. weekend. Like it began as it ended, but also it, it started out, and everyone assumed Seoul would be the weakest of the four teams, and we kind of thought that the match would be a bit of a roll. Like I think we predicted a three. We didn't talk about it at all. We just thought yeah, this match was going to be a roll. Three one. Well, we did a little bit, yeah, but but we just. I think we all just kind of assumed that Seoul Dynasty were, they were a good team, but the longer the other teams had to play Hog, the, the more the gap would yeah. increase, basically. So the question here becomes, how much clout do I try to claim? Because it wasn't like stuck really all the clout. Oh, it was now. kind of just like theoretical clout. It wasn't really, you know, <laughs> like you mean, setting you, stone. You can't do this forever. So this is what Johnny does. This is what Johnny does. He makes a. He I makes am a right, bold... and then I claim clout for what I was. He right makes about. a bold That's claim, right? Right, and then and then when it doesn't work out, he he tries to pander like, "Oh, everybody's being so mean to me because I had this hot take and it didn't work <laughs> out. Like, I don't get it." And then when he's right, then he wants to claim the clout. Can't so I'm like claiming that. clout. But, okay, but yes. well, what do you mean claiming clout? Pepe, I don't know. He had Soul Dynasty not being the worst team, which Wait, I guess yeah. is a hot you, take. Do you mean claiming the clout from your bracket prediction like three months ago? Yeah. That's, I, that's just nonsense. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I, just nonsense. I, have, I have for some time said that I think Fusion would be uh, the worst team at the... Uh, what? When did you, you did not say that last week. At all last week. I, I was hinting towards it. I was hinting <laughs> oh, towards it. Come on, bro. Yo, mute his mic, Kurt. Get this guy out of here, yeah. bro. I, I will say, this reminds me of like... Did you see that that tweet from Hex from April? Where he said, Soul yeah, Dynasty are going to win the grand final. If you go yeah. back through all of Hex's tweets, you'll actually see that he did that for all 20 teams. Uh, but just <laughs> nobody noticed because nobody checks his Twitter. But the, oh, the, the, uh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he almost came close, didn't he? He was, uh, like, well, he was one off. I will say, I will claim my clout, though, for this moment. Do you remember we had to do the grand finals predictions of what we thought uh, who was going to win? Mm -hmm. yeah. Teams. I said what team was going to win, and I said the scoreline. It's true. Sure, uh, sure. Has nothing to do with the quarterfinals, Sol versus... No, it doesn't. No, yeah. but this match, this match was a lovely precursor uh, that we didn't really expect. It, and what's funny is this match went a lot like how the finals went in the sense that, like, it was shock early, then Sol came alive, and then, like, the shock at the end yeah. where... Uh, yeah. I think what they did this weekend, uh, Sol Dynasty, I think is uh, extremely impressive. I think the players and the fans uh, of them should be extremely proud. Uh, what I think they threw a lot of teams off guard was just like the way that Gesture played Roadhog. Like it wasn't kind of like an in-your-face kind of like take this type of space approach. Like he always would just kind of like flank and take these off angles, but like hold on to hook. So you were always like kind of in the corner of your eye, like looking around, like where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Uh, and just opened up so much space that way for profit and uh, fits. Also, I thought uh, we didn't talk about it a ton, but like, uh, Marvel being able to play Sigma um, and Sigma kind of being like the off tank of choice pretty much uh, puts him back on a hero he's extremely good on uh, last year. I remember back in the playoffs though, like before, like when, when, when the teams were qualifying, like Seoul were one of the only teams that were playing like this Hog Sigma and we were trying to theorize at the time, why the fuck are they playing Sigma over like Devo or Zarya, you know, like why, yeah. why Sigma? Because I, I mean, at the time, I don't, we didn't really come to any logical conclusion. We were just like, oh, I don't know, they must just prefer it for one reason or another. But the, yeah, the only thing they missed this weekend, Saul, was having uh, like a, a, a top flight like Zenyatta player. I feel like they missed out on that. 
I also, well, they, I also they, kind they, of uh, the cool shit well, about Soul though, Matt, was that they yeah. they got around that with just their own playstyle, where they just were investing mana boost onto gesture and yeah. the the bionades were their big that win cons, you know, that like that's how they got around it. It was it was. Uh -uh. Cool to see. Right. Like when they, they were punishing teams with the nano boost when other teams tried to punish gesture. But they kind of give themselves like that, just like one win con with like the biotic grenades. So like when they didn't, like it was really apparent when the Ana wasn't working out, right? And they really just yeah. kind of had no space to move off of it. I also think uh, Hanzo becoming extremely like prevalent definitely paid off for Soul Dynasty over the course of the weekend. Uh, Prophet yeah. is a really really strong uh, Hanzo player. I'm going to go back to the Marvel discussion for a yeah. second, though, because I, I saw a, a tweet from Dream as well, where he was saying that it was very fortunate that Soul got the heroes that they like comfort picks for their tank line when he had considered their tank line to be a large problem. I mean, for starters, a gesture on the hog, like that's a weird comfort pick, but yeah, I suppose gesture isn't on the Rhine. That's the only hero that he looks to be a little weak on. But Marvel, yeah. I think, is. Yeah, he's obviously Sigma is his main hero, but the fact that he was able to play the ball to a really high level in these compositions as well is something that's gone, I think, completely yeah. under the radar. Like th this guy, we've criticized him all season long for not really being like they they put him in a position where he has to play the off tanks, but he's not a diva player, and he uh, and he hasn't yeah. played like Zarya to a super high level either. But here he was playing not just his comfort hero sigma but he was also playing the ball in like a really smart way uh being able to make a lot of space for gesture to be able to play uh, it wasn't as good as some of the other ball players like smurf for example or uh, uh who else played it really well um stand one actually uh when the way that they were syncing it up but it was still nice to see uh from marvel showing that he has more depth in his hero pool than people give him credit for yeah, I think it was really interesting how we go back to Hollywood in the grand finals uh, because Hollywood in this series was so indicative of the team's different styles. Like we mentioned, like Matt mentioned, the Sanyaras was really important. Violet being able to play Sanyara on Hollywood in this series like made such a massive difference because it was so hard for Soul to walk up or gain any space because Gesture essentially had to either play so far behind the enemy team um, that he really couldn't flank, um, and he just didn't get any value because Violet was playing such a good Senyara. And then um, in the finals as well, we saw on Hollywood that like Soul really couldn't play around San Francisco's playstyle on this map, and it became yeah. crucial in this map, but yeah. also in the grand finals. So I think it's awesome how the two teams' playstyles and compositions really was highlighted the most on Hollywood, in my opinion. And how Soul couldn't adapt because they were playing the Ana. You can't really walk up. Like the extra healing doesn't really do anything. Um, uh, yeah. And you know, not not deciding not to commit at all to like a wrecking ball tracer composition and abandoning so the double sniper. Um, just kind of showcase as well that Soul were super comfortable playing double with a make uh, double sniper, and that was their composition of choice. I think we should move on to the other quarterfinals because we're getting into territory where we are. I think we're just close well, to... It's also weird because the first match is the finals as well. So well, there, was, like... there was... A, a, just before we move on, though, the second half of this series had a Havana map that was really interesting. We went over to Havana, and when I was watching this live with uh, Bren, I think you were doing a companion stream, I think we were watching with Bren and Mitch, yeah. and uh, 
we asked Mitch to look up some stats because he's why he, his IP is whitelisted to be able to look at stats halfway through the match, and I, I I'm too lazy to do that, so I was asking him to check in instead. And Ants only had one final blow on defense, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a scoped kill at all. And it seemed like Ants was having very little impact in the fight. And so when I when I watched that live, I was like, oh god, is Ants choking? Like it's it's his first finals appearance he's a rookie player you don't really expect it of him because he's so fantastically skilled but at the end of the day the guy doesn't really have that much experience i thought it might be a bit of a choke coming through from him i went and did a vod review of that game just before the finals happened i mean Ants also had some weird moments like this year as well where yeah. he's like flanking around the side and i do think Ants choked a little bit but also the shock played the this map um, positionally super poorly with their double sniper. Mm -hmm. And I think that they were um, actively learning how to play double sniper comps uh, while the finals were going on. Like the, the positions of the map that they're fighting for got actively improved over the course of the, uh, over the course of the entirety of the grand finals. And I think th they, they clearly looked like a team that was still making mistakes and developing yeah. although they won all of their series and they haven't lost a match in the playoffs this wasn't they weren't head and shoulders above the competition like they were still adapting on the fly and like improving their gameplay as they went along they, they it wasn't like striker could just go on tracer and carry everything they they still were figuring stuff out i, I you remember the post-match interview with ons after this one as well um where he basically ended up saying, I, I can't remember how the question was posed to him by Danny, but the answer was um, that he does get nervous with these matches. Yeah, like, sure. It, it's, uh, it's obviously a normal part of it, which probably played into it. God almighty, I remember these moments of Prophet just fucking, like yeah. actually just fucking. But, but also look how far forwards, like Soul played the double sniper better on a lot of these maps, like yeah. especially oh, yeah. on Escort. I think this is one of the big reasons why We'll talk about this at some point, I'm sure. The San Francisco Shock only won control and hybrid maps throughout the entirety yeah. of the tournament. Not yeah. the whole tournament as in the Overwatch League, but the grand finals, the final weekend. And, and I think one of the biggest reasons for that is that teams like the Seoul Dynasty are so much better at getting their double snipers into aggressive positions on escort which is like a map where you're constantly the territory is changing right like you're always pushing yeah. forwards on the map when you're the attackers or you're always having to fight yeah, for yeah. position as the defenders and profit and fits were so much better at doing that than ants and striker were yeah i i, th I definitely agree with that maybe that the the shock were Just more suited towards do you want to say something Matt? Yeah, it's just, a, I think going back to some of the stuff you were mentioning with Ants, like just kind of like when uh, you were mentioning, like kind of gets nervous for some of these games. Like just imagine the position this guy was put in at the beginning of the season. Like we yeah. all expected him not to really play that much, right? We kind of thought it was like more of like a streamer type, like like almost like we were kind of talking about like a, like a chipsa type of move, right? No, just, oh, it wasn't a chipsa no. move, we, but he was we a way to make we a specialist. Yeah, but we weren't kind of considering like, he was going to play most of the year. Like we were no. never talking about it was, that. It was always a specialist position. Uh, I don't know where you're getting but, chips are from. <laughs> I, I think I remember Johnny said that. Uh, what? <laughs> what the fuck? And, no, you're just making shit up. No, no, no. Go back and listen to the episodes. Uh, but uh, for him, viewers, <laughs> that's not true. For him to Matt's play, just making shit up again. For him to play this well with all of the pressure, <laughs> and then also like, this is a team going for back to back in a way like. He, his spot in the lineup like 
kind of opens up for even more play when like Sinatra is gone. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just like, uh, this is a guy who steps into a team who's already won. They look so dominant. The MVP who everybody loves leaves. And then now you're just kind of like, hey, you know what? You want to play some more heroes outside of the Widowmaker? Like, we'd love for you to do that. Like, and he 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 delivered like in a huge way throughout the whole year. I, th- I really think the way he, uh, I also think the only way he kind of plays this well uh, is just because of the shock organization and like all the things that they put around and enable uh, the players yeah. to get the best out of them. They are fantastic at getting the absolute most out of their players. Yes. I mean, clearly you need to be skilled and you need to like have that potential, which Ants absolutely does. And the guy grinded his ass off, but no better team that you could join for fulfilling that potential. Yes. Well, what's so incredible is that Ants was just popping off on a crucial role for this team. And one could argue that like he wasn't even like i mean there were like maybe two players ahead of him that were like more important like you have striker that's probably higher priority you have violet on the senyara which is probably higher higher priority and like incredible players on so many other positions that like ultimately i mean he's still right to be nervous but like people don't look at ans and be like oh yeah he's the number one target and that's, I mean, just incredible when you reflect on the entirety of the San Francisco Shock roster. That, like, you can have such an <laughs> yeah. impactful player on the Widowmaker role, and he's arguably not, like, public enemy number one for some of these teams, which is insane. Yeah, it really is. His stats. Did, you, did you guys see the post on the competitive Overwatch subreddit where someone had um, translated or at least transcribed some of Ansys' stream after the finals? Where he was talking no, about so. having spent the entire season for, like, five months being incredibly depressed as well. Yeah. Yeah, he said that he he said he'd spent the uh, the season the, the five months under like immense pressure as a rookie member of the San Francisco Shock because they were such a good team, and he was uh, really depressed and went over to Korea to see a doctor about it and got some uh, medication for it as well, um, and and said there was some days where it was just overwhelming and he just couldn't play scrims. He was just breaking down, but he managed to kind of work through it all, and uh, it's. He said he's going to take a bit of a break from the stream and kind of get back yeah. into it. Yeah, this is the post here. Yep. Um, I, I can't verify the exact accuracy of it, but it seems fairly uh, reasonable from what other people are commenting as well. And it, I mean, that just makes things even more impressive, right? Like the guy was able yeah. to go through all of this and he was so committed to it yeah. that he was kind of uh, keeping on through. Like, well, I, I'm sure that the team was aware of this and being able right. to... Uh, uh, support him emotionally, even if they didn't realize the full extent of it. You've obviously got to take care of yourself first, but it's it, it just makes his and, achievement even more impressive. And I think Johnny kind of knows uh, as well. It's like when you're a professional player, like a lot of like a lot of times you're kind of like focused on obviously winning, but then a lot of your focus is also just kind of remaining a professional player. Uh, like you 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 don't really yeah. get that many chances at it. And the chances you get uh, directly affect like whether you have another shot. Uh, a lot of, real fast. <laughs> a lot, yeah. A lot of players don't get like a second or third chance, right? Uh, so to come in and be a rookie on a team that it's expected to do this well, like you're held to a way higher standard across the 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 team, the league, the fans. Uh, it, it's a lot. Also, yeah. on top of trying to stream entertain like there's a it's not easy it's not easy let's move on let's talk about the uh the philly shanghai match they played 
They would play. Um, this when was, was this match? They well, one it? team played. I mean, we can start here talking about the immense disappointment that Philly Bro. was. Um, yeah. Because no, it's, it's as good a place as any to talk about it. I, I'm, I can't believe we didn't see this coming in some sense, though. Like, I, I feel so mad that you guys talked me into believing in oh, the Philadelphia us. Fusion. It was a cool storyline. It was, but... When you look in hindsight, like the what we knew where the meta was going. We said in last week's episode that we we were very certain it was heading in a hog is gonna be your tank line with somebody else, probably the Sigma, and then it's gonna be like a long range hit scan and a tracer. Now we didn't quite see the double sniper thing coming as well, but it's a very similar like adaptation. And then the back line is, you know, your mercy and your honor or your mercy and your zen. Like we knew that, that was gonna be the meta. Yeah. And we knew that like Carpe and Hisu doesn't really match up to these other guys when it comes to those kind of uh, performances. And yet, for some reason, I still believed in them. Like, how, how does that make sense? They, they couldn't play the comp that they, they wanted to play. all year long. And even when the meta wasn't great for them all year long at times, they still looked good. No, it's because they, no, they didn't play like incredible top teams all the time. They beat Shock yeah. once in a meta that was unrelated to this. I, right. I think... I think maybe I put too much stock in like the Philadelphia Fusion tanks to like, you know, perhaps lift yeah. up players yeah. like Hisu I... a little bit. Hisu did have some uh, decent performances, specifically here on Busan. Good, I think actually. he yeah. started off pretty good, but then you know, as the series went on, like they just weren't the same caliber. Uh, and I've had you know, I highlighted some of the things last episode about you know they beat Gladiators and Valiant with the Sombra Reaper composition. They counterstrated the Washington Justice, which they looked really good in that series. But like, yeah. we had our concerns going into this um, tournament, but I think ultimately it comes back to the consistency this year. I mean, they made the finals of two stage <laughs> stage finals. You know, yeah. Like you can't dismiss that just outright. Uh, you know. Well, I, also I, think... I feel horrible for them because uh, I mean, people probably tune in and they they kind of like associate that play with how they played the whole year and like. I, I kind of almost felt the worst for like Sato. Like Sato's been like really strong the entire year. Yeah, my God, people and, were calling and... for him to be cut at the end of these finals. I'm like, yeah. like, are, like, are you, are you stupid? Yeah, really fans what are really like, uh, emotional. If uh, Sato was cut, he'd start on like every other team that wasn't here, and even some of these teams would probably consider starting him in oh, some yeah. situations. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, Sato on Dragons? <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I'd probably want that more than Fearless. Yeah, I, I think the the Philadelphia Fusion though. There's a lot of things that you can dig into in terms of like why they didn't do so well. I think the obvious one, the like thing that everything else stems down from, is that the meta kind of got away from them, right? Like what yeah. they wanted to do in the meta was play the Sombra with Hisu, play the dive style. Like they they were the best team in the world at playing that kind of style. Yes. But it seems like these better teams were able to play the hog composition specifically i would imagine like hog ball was really difficult to play that kind of thing into um and obviously the the justice can't play a different style so so they just got rolled by the sombra reaper kind of stuff but against these guys they must have tried it right like uh, th this is the stuff that happens yeah, during I, scrim I do for, that you don't well see how much like uh, a large part of it we know that they were we knew that Philly was capable, I think, of, of if they played, if they wanted to play like the double sniper stuff, uh, I, I think they could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a lot of the teams in the Final Four. But um, well, for whatever I, reason, I, 
They, I, I do wonder as well, though, coming into this, like how much of it is mentality? Uh, we, we'll, we'll never know until mm. we actually talk to the teams and players. Yeah. But it can be a huge difference maker, I think, if you fucking quarantine in another country, fly yeah. out 14 hours, and then you just immediately, you know, um, things don't go as planned. Like the composition you've been playing and putting time into isn't the dominant one. The meta shifts away from you a little bit. Like all those things can add up and accumulate over the course of that period and the lead up before that first match. Until eventually, you just you wouldn't have confidence uh, in your own play. I feel like this team, though, like uh, you know, I was talking on my stream about it, and they were like, "Well, what does Philly do?" And I'm like, "You you don't really see anywhere they can kind of upgrade in terms of players, right? Yeah, really, well, maybe really maybe you add <laughs> maybe you add a mercy player, but even then, Johnny, right? I feel like they mismanaged the DPS players the entire year. Like nobody." Like nobody outside what? of uh, like Hisu and Ivy, I think, like for Carpe for specifically, like there was never like a you never felt like he kind of had like a solidified place outside of like the Ash types of things, uh, and then just kind of I feel like throwing him in here on Hanzo towards the end, like it, it just it was kind of ugly. Well, Carpe uh, played a lot back. of the Torb and the McCree early on Torb in the season. Yeah, I think people forget about that. I think Carpe played a lot all year. Towards the second half of the season, like later half, though, he wasn't in like a lot. Because the meta well, was like Sombra Genji. But even then, yeah, a little bit before I, that, Reaper as well. I, I think, though, that that makes sense. Like, you, I think the trap for Philly is trying to run Carpe too much. I think that Carpe should just be rotated like any of your other players. I, I actually dislike that they tried to force him in these playoffs onto the Hanzo. Now, I know that Carpe says he Hanzo says is his best, best hero. hero. Man, I ain't never seen Carpe play the Hanzo like he plays some of these other heroes. I, it's it's <laughs> nonsense to <laughs> me that fans bring did up the fact. Sorry, you're becoming so uh... Americanized. Did we ever see Carpe <laughs> I ain't play... never seen Carpe play the Hanzo. <laughs> when was I've been able to play uh, Widow. When was it? What? The last did time? He, he didn't play Widow at all in the... Grand finals, right? He played I don't some think Tracer so. and got boomed. He played Tracer, yeah. So, yeah. Like, the thing is, I, I, I think in hindsight, yeah. uh, I, I just want to get this in. I think in hindsight, I think the Fusion will have to wonder if bringing EQO would have made a difference to this tournament. I, I also don't really buy into that as well, though, because Ivy is a great Hanzo. I, right. I don't know I why don't... they didn't try Carpe on the Widow and Ivy on the Hanzo. They did try that. At some, well, no, they tried Hisu and Ivy. They tried Hisu and Ivy. The thing is, when you adapt halfway through a tournament, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna take the guy that's been practicing all the Widow off and just put Carpe in, who's been practicing right. Hanzo and Tracer. And that that doesn't make sense, right? Like, even though historically Carpe has been great on Widowmaker, if he's not hot, if he hasn't been practicing it, if he hasn't been actually working with the team in scrims and figuring out like where he should be holding and how the team rotates around him well now you're just prioritizing one guy's individual ability to click on heads above any kind of practice that you've done with the team it doesn't it doesn't make sense i think i remember soon saying at some point like a year or two ago that like he considered tracer and widowmaker and mccree to be such vastly different heroes in terms of aim practice that it's really hard to be like elite at both yeah. of them at the same time because you have sure. to like pick one if you want to be the best at either of them you have to pick one of them and just like grind it out because it's so hard to be top tier at both of them. Yeah. I also hate the idea of the fans saying that uh that 
Hisu was the problem. I actually, I think this was a large narrative just after they'd won. And I've, I recently, I checked the subreddit this morning, actually, um, just to see if there was any like, you know, big things that the fans were talking about that we should discuss on the podcast. And one of the most upvoted um, uh, things on the subreddit this morning was Wolf talking about Carpe's performance. And I talked about it a bit on my companion stream as well, where I said that I thought Hisu actually performed better than Carpe did across the, the grand finals. And that uh, Carpe's playstyle is like super individualistic and not synced up with the rest of his team, and has been for like the last three years. And actually, that is hurting them more than the the like individual lack of ability on Hisu or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of the comments now on the subreddit are agreeing with that kind of thing. Like the the fan consensus is starting to swing the other way, whereas it previously was like Carpe's uh, a, a god, you can't not run him. Like Hisu's the problem, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was the narrative for the entirety of this year, basically. And now it's starting to swing the other way, perhaps too far the other way as well. Yeah, probably. The way it, all, it always happens where where people are like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, Car Carpe's play style is actually hurting them in some of these situations. It's, it's an when I watch Carpe play, play Tracer, I definitely think that it's like actively hurting them in some ways. Yeah. It's going for the, it, it reminds me of the lot, a lot of the um, individual plays that you see from Carpe is. It's almost like ego driven. Do you know what I mean? Uh, in terms sure. of, of he, trying to take he on just too believes much, he's the, so good. Trying to take on too much of the weight or responsibilities of your team, which is a classic thing that DPS players can do, or just any player does, is where they try and take on way too much um, if things aren't going th their way, right? Uh, and you, you see that as a, as a series progressed, as it looked more and more likely that Fusion were just going to. Uh, bottom out the the riskier and riskier some of the individual players got uh, and it got to the point where I, I remember actively we were watching josh and we were just like what the fuck is can't be doing he's feeding like he's just dying because when things get sticky yeah. the whole of the philadelphia fusion team tries to make individual plays rather yeah. than yeah. tighten their teamwork or or change the strategy it's it, it's it's a team culture thing and i don't think all of it comes from carpe either no. but some of it certainly does because they, he's your star player and he's the, who the team is built around. They fall back to hero plays. Yeah. I, somebody, I, somebody I try to win the game. Uh, what's interesting... I wanna, I, oh, sorry. Continue, I, I want to continue talking about that if you're going to move on. Uh, I, was, I was actually uh, trying to parse through the stats to see how much uh, Widow Hisu played in the regular season. Okay, well, you can say that later. I, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I want to play like devil's advocate here too, though. Because I think sometimes when you find yourself in these scenarios, and I'd love to like hear like Christopher's opinion on this and if he had any insights and like what they said and stuff. But like, yeah, this is Fusion's playstyle sometimes to rely on hero plays. But at the same time, sometimes when you're in these scenarios, you need to sort of like drive yourself um, into a very playmaking playstyle because otherwise you'll fall back and not go for plays at all. And yeah. you get into like drive yourself into a hole where you're not making plays and the enemy team is just like toying with you and just playing around you. So I could see maybe, I mean, I don't know what the coaching staff said, but I could see this sort of being encouraged just to try to get the players to snap out of like overthinking or overanalyzing or playing cautiously because sometimes you need that. Um, I don't know if that was said or not, but sure. I, I but I think they go too far that way. Right, yeah. like I can see the the balance. You you can't just play scared in a game. Like if you're losing, you still have to have the confidence to be able to go for your own stuff. But they they seem to like lose any sense of 
what team they yeah teamwork and yeah. strategy and that coordination yeah. and they go the that other way now i i also think though that the problem with philadelphia from like the big picture point of view was not any individual player like if carpe had had a god tier performance they probably still would have lost it would be fun but they would they would have lost still but they probably would have i mean What's the difference between third and fourth at that point, right? Well, I don't even think they would have won it. Probably don't even the games, that, though. Yeah. Like, they got blown out here. When you get blown out, it's very rarely one person's oh. uh, fault. Oh. I think they just didn't really get how this meta worked. Like, the way their tank line was playing and, and the positions that they were taking and the space that they had on the map and how they were working with, like, the double snipers taking angles and the tanks working on the on the floor was just oh my god did you it was so much worse than all of the other teams in terms of their yeah. understanding was that the one that i can uh i casted a game i think it was the the next philly game we can talk about it uh that was just like absolutely tragic but uh uh something that i thought was interesting is that uh uh during the entire regular season we saw uh Hisu play the widow for 20 minutes mm. uh and they played Carpe on the Widow for about an hour and 35 total game minutes. Uh, maybe I they valued having the Hanzo and the, the Tracer? Like, yeah, I mean, you, you play Hanzo and Tracer in this meta, so they just thought that Carpe was the best Hanzo Tracer player that they had. Right. I mean, potentially they should have... Like, if they could wind back time, maybe on Ivy on that role and Carpe on the Widowmaker, maybe that Probably. would have made somewhat of a difference. But Put I still Carpe don't on think Widow it's Ash. a difference. Like, I think the DPS no. didn't look great, but it's it's about how the team's, like, functioning uh, as a unit, and they just didn't it, get this meta the same as... It's not a uh, it's not an 0-6 difference to, uh, you know, winning difference. Yeah, like, some of the changes. times... Some of the times where I think you can very clearly see this as a viewer, where you don't have to look at the play style, you don't have to think too deeply about the game, just look at the team comps. Like sometimes they're attacking and they're running the Ana and double sniper to attack into a team that's running Zen double sniper, where you would get much more value out of running a tracer and a Zen there, where you can use the tracer to put some pressure on the on the snipers and actually get space. Or you can use your Zen to be able to put pressure on the tank line and this kind of stuff. Like they, they just didn't really have the awareness of what swaps to make and if you want to dig even deeper like the positionings to take and the coordination on the tanks and the dps yeah do we want to move on because yeah. i want to have yes. some meta discussions about fusion later but i feel Let's, like we can talk about that yeah, in, well we can keep the conversation about fusion going because we can talk about their lower bracket game where they got knocked down here they played against soul and this was really uh, the, the last chance and to be fair I, I think at this point we still had a lot of hope in philly because um, we kept referring back to the examples of when they've adapted in a short amount of time. They've only yeah. had very, you know, very little prep time and still being able to battle back. And we thought that they'd be capable of doing it. They proved it all season long, but uh, unfortunately, not to be. I casted this one. Yeah. Uh, I knew it was over after the first soul push on King's Row. Uh, not even, not even the whole thing. Uh, just point A. Uh, the fact that. Like the fusion came out with zero kind of like sense of urgency or really kind of seemed on map one. And yeah, then they uh, looked bad on Busan. Yeah. And then they did the same thing that Paris did against Washington. Uh, they kind of conceded they couldn't play it. And then they made changes. They brought in Poco to play instead yeah, this, of Sato. Well, and then they brought in this. Ivy. Huh? I can respect those massive adjustments they, that they made they, they had to right yeah you, you gotta make a hell there we're gonna win the other way but so this this push was just uh, 
uh, uh, it was just so tragic from Philly. Like at one point, Gesture just walks up to the high ground, pushes Poco all the way back. Kisu leaves up on top, and he just he just stands back here. At one point, Gesture just pushes him all the way out, and they have no control over the point. Like the Widow has zero sight lines whatsoever. Uh, yeah. It it's was, the it's like, the slow yeah. play that I think is really? like if yeah. you want one way to sum up why Philly were bad here though it's the the slow tactical play style it just ain't Philly it just isn't no. Philly like yeah. Philly want to be fast they want to get in your face they want to use their individual ability to overpower you and this was a slow paced because meta it was yeah, a yeah. slow meta about map control and taking angles and that's not them. Because when the game gets faster, they can force some of those 1v1 hero type of plays because it becomes a little bit messier, right? There are players all over the place. Like, you know, it, it becomes a little bit more chaotic. When it's so slow like this, Josh, like you mentioned, uh, they have to play a little bit more structured and around each other. And I don't know, maybe sometimes players get a little antsy. Like they're just well, trying to make something happen. Uh, like the resurrect slows it, the game down as well. Quite tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think fans will look at the 2018 Grand Finals and be like, well, you know, they're playing double sniper there too. But I think the difference is, in 2018, you could still go for plays. Because you had Orisa's Halt, so you would combo Halt with like Dragon Strike, mm -hmm. and you would combo Halt yeah. with Rogue Hooks and stuff like that. So you could make proactive, aggressive plays. Whereas in this meta, you play like a Roadhog and a Sigma, it's... <laughs> way harder to like set the tempo in the front line and be proactive yeah. about it. Also, the league is way different. Yeah, and the league uh, is way better as well yes. right now. Like, uh, Carpe and <laughs> EQO were so good compared think to about, their opponent. Think about year one if I told you that, you know, a, a year and a half or two years from now, uh, there would be a team that had Striker on it that didn't play him on Widowmaker because there was a better option. Like, just think about how just you would have just been like, shut the fuck up. Like, you're just dumb. Like, there's no way. Like, uh, the league, I think, has just gotten so much better in terms of talent like top to bottom. Uh, I mean, think about how many new players are in the league, uh, right? Mm. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I think you kind of look back and it's like, okay, yeah, you had a, a chance. Like, I mean, you may even kind of look back as Philly. This and fight be like, was no. fucking horrible. Oh my when God. Profit, they, they when the Profit jumped when off the jumped map off the side. and they still got baited in when they tried to punish it, uh, and they and soldiers ate them to ate them up. Like the, the, the yeah. I remember watching this and I was like, "Oh my god, Prophet ran off the map. Here's an opening for Philly." And they <laughs> yeah. just uh, they didn't know how to grasp. Yeah. It. I mean, it you, was... you know, it's the bad is... when the opening for the other team is one person just jumping off the map uh, for yeah. the opponent. Again, though, it's like the, the this is a that fight again was an example though of the DPS on the Soul Dynasty outperforming. Like even though Prophet throws himself off the map. They get a they get a headshot kill immediately onto Ivy, and then Funny Astro's so just kind of left in a yeah. in a poor position. And it, it's like Philly. Once you get to these situations where Philly are playing against teams where the individual talent is as good as they are, because even though Philly are a super team, they're not head and shoulders above the rest of the league in terms of their individual no. play. So once you get like pound for pound equivalent with them, Philly don't really have the same strategy firepower. and oh, uh, yeah or like they need a firepower advantage to be able to win yes. i think when you play their play style well, when we casted it I, I think we put a lot of like emphasis on like how they were losing the dps battle and uh you know people were kind of tweeting i think uh, like bitch like well why what about the rest of the team like the the 
the rest of the team's not really even given it like when you play like double sniper and you're consistently down a player at the beginning there's nothing that alarm or funny astro or fury can do to change the tides of this that are going to win those fights and win the game like it's uh i think one another aspect that people um fail to realize with with this is that if you have a better roadhog player or roadhog player the the, the really cool thing about watching soul play is that when gesture gets a hook and a kill in it's very hard to get that res off yeah. on the player they've just killed sure. compar comparatively to like <laughs> Philly where you would expect them maybe like the best chance they have in winning some sort of matchup would be with the snipers and it, it's so much easier to get a resurrect off <laughs> to try and just completely mitigate whatever they've just uh, achieved. Um, you don't get that when Soul is playing like when Jester's fucking throwing out these yeah. ridiculous hooks well and he's pulling them into the enemy's front line like you're not going to be able to resurrect that. Well, what do you want what do you want some of these players to do on philly you 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 have the the worst roadhog and then you arguably have the worst i mean i think in this series for sure the worst double sniper like what do you what are you supposed to do yeah i mean is that is what? that accurate they had the worst hog and the worst double sniper i mean i haven't really thought about I, it I, gesture was better than either sada or poco throughout the whole series uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like across the top four teams, you know. Oh, oh, oh I was saying in this matchup. I was saying in this matchup, they. But did. it might be true across all of the top yeah, four I teams as well, right? Oh, it might be true against all top four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that think... that to me is like where I I was hoping that Sado and Fury would actually be one of the better tank lines because we hadn't really That's seen them I play. I, I I was hoping that Sado and Fury would actually be the difference maker like the way that they would yes. control the map and the way that they would like push their bodies forward and then you've always got really good support from their back line but the back line is i don't think was an issue whatsoever with no. this team that i was kind of hoping that that would be what pushed them forwards but they they didn't really gel at all they would have been like Saturn fury were very underwhelming they 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 sat very passive and didn't fight too much for map control i think they would have been way better off playing Fury Hog and mirroring the Souls playstyle, the way they played with around the Ana, uh, mm. instead of like the Zen. They tried that though, did they? Well, they tried that with like t twenty-four hours max of practice. yeah, probably. Yeah. They like they I think early on, if they because I mean it plays a lot more individualistic. Fury has probably one of the best Roadhogs in the final four. Like that's that, and that's just having not watched him play in a very long time. Like yeah. It, there may have been, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. There may have been better ways that they could have facilitated their team. Um, and that's the thing; it's it's it all now. it's all hindsight analysis because it is so difficult to to know exactly what you need to do when you're prepping for a tournament like this. Like mm -hmm, when the yeah. meta is still up in the air. Like yeah. okay, we know what patch we're going to be playing on, but the meta itself was actively evolving during scrim time, um, and you're you're during quarantine you've got choices of which players to field and all of that kind of stuff like it's it's hard well it is about taking a very complex meta and simplifying it and i th i think that's what soul did like soul weren't the most complex strategically detailed team among the top four but they knew what they were doing and they did a rather like simple job they knew their win condition and they executed it almost perfectly every time. Like the amount of times gesture kind of like got, got hooked in, was in the back line, he get nano boosted, and then you have the Valkyrie backing it up. And like the healing output is just insane, and gesture doesn't die, and it sets up the double snipers. Like they knew what they were doing all the time. Yeah. And it was rather simple. Like when you look at that, you're not like, I mean, there's nothing like super scientific going on here. It's like no. they got the road in the back line, 
and they're using two support ultimates to keep him alive and it's giving the rest of the team space. So I think that was really beautiful by Sol. Um, two interesting things about Phil here. Um, first one I can't remember because it's been so long and I'm tired. Okay. Second one is, oh yeah, first one actually. I, I really hope that there's more like um, content around Fusion's trip uh, to Korea and some like post-match analysis by like Christopher or someone because I think that yeah. Fusion was the most one of the most interesting teams out of these four because yeah. you could see the like the cogs turning you could see them like try to think figure out how to fix the problem make very like a lot of adaptations quite frankly and like it felt like they made decisions based on thinking even though it didn't work out and I'd love to know what they were thinking in the moment how they adapted like what the thought Definitely. behind it was because there was so much happening and secondly I think Fusion is going to be one of the most interesting teams to talk about in the offseason because I think we have to be realistic here and say that they're on a bit of a timer to actually start winning something before teams like Paris Eternal just becomes incredibly dominant with Shock and a lot of mm. up-and-coming other teams. And I think, you know, when you look, when we went into the season, we said Philadelphia Fusion, they are a super team. Like, that, you know, they picked up Fury, um, they built around Carpe, and they are a super team, and they yeah. need to start winning. Just like yeah. th this oh, should be their time. Absolutely. I think yeah. the benefit you know. is is that this is a team that clearly is like willing to invest in like players and just bringing in as much talent as possible. Uh, you can't get much can they more get... talent than this. Well, that's a thing. Like, can you get more talented? Right. Like, uh, you know, you could argue like, uh, you know, they they have one of the most talented rosters in like the league or in the whole league, uh, just an individual player talent. Yeah. Uh, but clearly there's got to be something else that kind of puts it all together. Okay. Well, all right, let's shift away from this topic then and end it with sort of just end our discussion on Philly by saying, I want to take one point away from each of you of what you want to see Philly do moving forward. Start with you, Josh. <sighs> Well, I think that this season, to me, has showcased that they have all the talent they need, and the players are really intelligent. But what I have felt has been lacking this season, even though everybody involved in Philadelphia speaks very highly of their coaching staff, it's that vision from, and I think it has to come from the coaching staff, to make this a real team, right? Like, they're a great collection of very talented individuals, yeah. But I, I don't even want. I don't want to see any changes to the coaching staff because I think the pl the people involved are talented. Don't want to see any changes to the team particularly either. I don't think that either of those things will help that much. What I want to see is a, a shift in like the vision for the coaching staff to be much more about um, the the details about like the actual strategic detail of how you guys are working together and try and promote the coordination between people and how they. Uh, work on uh, work on like adapting each individual player's style for different opponents okay. or to abuse their opponent's weaknesses to to take a more of like a, a thinker's mentality to the sure. game instead of a fragger's mentality I, I was kind of gonna go in the same uh vein as josh i i think the way that philly could kind of pose it internally is like they they got fourth based off of just individual talent like they they didn't really play like a well-oiled machine uh, really here they they've done it in the season but it was really just kind of like the aggressive dive style uh they need to 
they need to actually kind of come together and play as a unit. Uh, and I think like you look at how the shock kind of work with bringing people in and out and like how everything seems so structured and together with the shock and like the shock are not a more talented team, like top to bottom than the fusion. Like they're just, they're, they're about the same. Uh, it's just the shock seem to get so much more value out of their players and get the best. And they have them playing together where if Philly can find that piece, uh, the, the, the sky's the limit for them. So, uh, I, I don't think they need to make massive sweeping changes. I think you'd be kind of crazy to at this point. Like, I think you've built this roster. You kind of have to see it out until it just explodes. Uh, maybe you look to bring in another flex support. So if you want to play double flex support, so maybe you look to make like, a, you know, kind of minor additions like on the bench uh, in, in moves like that. But otherwise, yeah. this team may just need more time together. May just need yeah. more time. What about you, Johnny? Uh I would like to see, I mean, I agree with Josh that I think it might be a bit of a, I don't want to say culture, you know, they, they are very small things to figure out internally, I think, in like how they envision their team and like how people work within the team. I don't want to make overarching claims because I don't know exactly like how it works within a team. And I find it very like rude to assume that. Um, but, like, one thing I liked about New York, and, like, they weren't even in the top four, but they brought in players like Animo, um, who at the time was pretty inexperienced, but he, like, sat on the bench and he learned from Ark for a little bit, and then he got his playtime. This year they brought in Mandu, who hasn't seen a lot of playtime, but it's still, like, a young player on the bench that is still, like, part of the culture and, like, learns and stuff like that. I would like to see Fusion maybe pick up, like, one or two young players, like, maybe pick up a young tank or a young support player, like Matt said, like, someone who can flex around a little bit. And immediately you get more of that with that note, that alarm sent poke or whatever, where it's like <laughs> teamwork, you know? It's more like teamwork trying to be better and learn from each other and that kind of vibe. I actually, this might be a hot take, I actually kind of preferred the Philly that played Hisu and Ivy later in the season than the one with Carp in it early in the season. Because it felt like a more... It felt like a more complete Philly in terms of like you weren't just relying on Carpe and Carpe wasn't the main man. And it felt like a more complete team in a sense that everyone like th th they were equals, oh, if that yeah. makes sense. I, and I, I think that's great with the shock as well. Like when we reference the shock, like they are, you know, equals because yeah. everyone is so freaking good on that team. And I really like that mentality and like how I saw that fusion team. So I would try to find a way to move away from this like Carpe is a hitscan god kind of mentality and have everyone within the team internally like root for each other and work together. I'm not saying they, they aren't doing that now, but that's sort of like, if I had a vision, that would be the vision I would strive yeah. for. I, I, I agree with all of your points. The point I was going to make is kind of an amalgamation of almost all of your points. So it's going to sound like I'm just reiterating exactly <laughs> everything you've just said. but. Uh, I, I do want to see them make changes. I want to see them get rid of Chips, sir, because that's just a, that was a, <laughs> this meme PR pick. And I want to see them add more depth to the bench in the DPS department. And a big reason for that being what you've already said, Johnny, which is like, I think that they often, um, it's, the, it's, the, it's always been the talking point with Philly, I think, over the course of this year, is their DPS line, right? And we've always I brought that up in, in, in contention with, with compared to other teams. Um, and this comes into play as well with this idea of what you want for your team, which is what, Josh, you were talking about, this idea, this vision, where Shock has the vision of next man up. 
Um, you know, it's literally like everyone on the team, if you're on the bench, it doesn't matter. You're all playing to win. Like you, you're playing your role that is set out for you. And I feel like with Philly, maybe this isn't even intentional, but there's definitely some subconscious bias when it comes to probably wanting to get the maximum value you can out of Carpe because whether they like it or not, I mean, I'm sure they love it, but he is the face of that team and he has been for a very long time as a star player. And at times that can probably hold you back a little bit. Like you gotta, you gotta sometimes maybe put some of those players on the bench, but yeah, th that's the one thing I think that Philly could do to upgrade. They're not perfect in my eyes. They're, they're close to it, but some more DPS depth uh, and what you were saying, Johnny, as well with them picking up a rookie, that could be uh, that could be pretty good for them actually. Just try and try and pick up a rookie and mold them into the player you want them to be. Kind of like what Shock did with Vans. Yeah, and there's um, some good contenders talent coming up. So you know, yeah, yeah, well take yeah. A shot. yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk then about the semifinals, which was the San Francisco Shock versus the Shanghai Dragons. And this what is probably the game. first time that we're gonna yeah. I mean, that we talked about Shanghai really um, in this episode. I, thinking back, like, the expectations that everybody had for Shanghai, I think they're going to be quite disappointed with how they finished in this well, final oh, four. Definitely. The expectations were almost, like, I mean, they were the favorites. Like, yeah. They I were mean, the favorites they, to they win. They were the favorites, but it was, like, uh, like everyone, like, maybe, maybe not everybody, but, like, a large chunk was expecting them to be, like, a dominant favorite. Uh, and I think the shock... The shock showed signs during the year of like you know being more vulnerable, but uh, what what they did is uh, really interesting. The shock and what I think, uh, uh, I mean, we used to see it in Call of Duty in the past. Like, you know, for better or worse, control is two of the game modes in a series. Uh, yeah. If you can just get really fucking good at control and win one other map somewhere, who the fuck cares where it is? You're you're good. Uh, a lot of Call of Duty teams won a lot of money being really good at search and destroy because it was game two and it was game five. And if you were good at game two and game five, you were always going to be there at the end. You just needed to find one map somewhere else. Uh, yeah. It's kind of how the shock did. They, they end up yeah. winning the entire thing. Uh, they, yeah. they just, they, they mastered control. They were dominant on control. And then they were just like trying to find a map somewhere else. It just happened to be hybrid consistently. Was this a case of with the Shanghai versus the shock as well. Like I will say with control is it still, in my opinion, oh. the one game mode that tests all of your fundamentals of the game. Um, and the, the cleaner you are, really? the more disciplined you are as a team, um, the better results you're probably going to be having on it. But I remember this match watching this first map and fuck me, Shang the shock clutched on control. Yeah. Like yeah, I think this series early on should have been a Shanghai Dragons win 1-0. Anst and Striker are just so good, man. And like yeah. this, this game difference. mode. Yeah, this game mode genuinely did, I think. Because of course you have to be amazing like and super coordinated to even be at this level to start with. And so obviously both of these teams are really good in that aspect. But the difference between the two teams was Anson and Stryker. And I yeah. feel like that's the case whenever they play on control as well. It's just Stryker can play Tracer on control. And, and that's like, it's the only map type where he's consistently able to play Tracer. And he's the best Tracer in the world. And so... You pair that alongside oh. Ants getting picks, and it's it's phenomenal him, what the guy can do. Flutter, him versus Flutter in the Tracer battle wasn't even wasn't even a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been saying it all season long. When people were saying that Flutter was the number one Tracer in the world, you wait for him to. Uh, a, lot were, a, a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. 
Uh, and not just people that were involved in APAC, but also Fleder was very high in a lot of Tracer stats um, because he was dominating in APAC uh, on, on the Tracer. There Tracer players to oppose him. Well, that's that's only part of it, though, because Fleder was incredibly good at syncing up with Fearless and Stand 1, and so yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he works off the space that his team gives him, and he delivers because his aim is really good as well. But if you put him in more like scrappy situations where he has to go and make his own space and make his own plays and win the Tracer duels and that kind of stuff, I mean, the difference between him and Stryker in those instances is massive. Like, take like a 1v1 one 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 side. Or... Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not... Also, I would like to add to that, that I think one of the coolest things shocked it all tournament was when Violet would swap to Batiste. Mm, hell because yeah. Because he, yeah. yeah. he wouldn't do it that often. You know, maybe do it like, you know, a couple minutes a map, not even every map. But when Violet swapped to Batiste, it completely <laughs> threw the enemy team for a loop and most likely ruined their entire strategy. It's like putting Soldier think... 76 out there. <laughs> well, I mean, but better. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we saw that on Oasis against Shanghai. I think Violet brought it out for like a little bit to end the round. And I'm, I, I completely believe that it actually made a difference in winning some of these control rounds. Soul couldn't play Farah, and we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but like yeah. Soul couldn't play Farah because Violet would just swap to Batiste and own them. Like that, I love that pick so much from Violet. And no other flex support pretty much did it the entire tournament. But it's it's a Batiste, it was so impressive. it's a true violet only kind of thing to do as well because he plays the Batiste. Everyone else in the league plays the Batiste as a support, and Violet doesn't. He plays the Batiste as a clutch a, a hero. You know, like, like he almost like plays it like it. Yeah, it's super weird. It, it really is very strange. Like he will hold on his own on high grounds. And he will duel people. He will use the immortality field for himself. He will duel people. He'll the add like, yeah, he'll use self heal. And then he'll also heal his team, obviously, but that's not his priority. Whereas it is everybody else's priority is to play him as a healer. And Violet's just that skilled that he plays the hero totally differently. And it just, it, it locks you away from being able to play certain styles. He finishes maps consistently, like almost near like the top damage for that team. Yeah. When he plays yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's actually just like so stupid like to think about like, like he could just pull that out yeah and it's it's funny it's like uh even like how johnny mentioned like against the far type of compositions like you have to play what into three hit scans pretty much right like you know you're playing into like mm -hmm. the widow like you know uh ash or hanzo and then also but batiste makes it impossible to play I also, though, in the grand, I had a tweet at the beginning of this, um, the beginning of this match, Shock versus Shanghai, where at the end of the control, people were like, "Oh, they're just going to dominate. They're incredible." So I tweeted that once the hog mirror starts, that's when the match like really begins, because because yeah. the game is so different from there. Because it was obvious from watching the shock that they were going to win the control games, but they had been losing the majority of the hog mirrors, and that continued for the, by the way, for the rest of the entirety of the uh, uh, of the tournament was that they they were losing assault and escort. They were only winning on hybrid maps uh, when when the hog mirrors was actually were actually coming in. And when you look at this match overall, Hollywood was really close. If Hollywood goes the other way, this is a three one win for Shanghai, and they book their ticket into the finals. It was yeah. really yeah. close. Did Super play all of the hybrids? Because he plays remember. on King's Row and he plays on Hollywood. Yeah. Yes, I think oh, I he did. I can't remember that shit. 
But then yeah. the other thing as well is that Smurf was playing all of the assault maps. So I don't think it was like a, uh, what do you call it? Like hog diff. Hog Main diff. tank diff. Main but tank diff. It's just the, the way that they understand the map is different. Like the, the right. thing is the Shock are just so good at playing on King's Row and Hollywood specifically. And then the rest of the time when they're playing the double sniper mirror, they aren't quite as good at the map control game and like getting their players in the best positions possible. But here, I mean, this was very close, very close. I think that Shanghai will almost be wishing here that they picked King's Row because mm. they, they had a genuine yeah. chance to be able to win this series right here. They fucking dominated the next two maps. Like, I feel like people will just look <laughs> over this because Shock ended up winning the series. But like, if the final map is Escort or if they managed to turn Hollywood, which was close... Shanghai look like they dominate this series. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't even look oh, close. I wonder in, why they didn't go all. King's Row. Like is that is that maybe them just showing too I mean, much respect for San Francisco is, because it's one of their favorite maps to play. Yeah, but sure. Shanghai was sick in the season on the yeah, on were, King's yeah. Row. Like Void, like on that high ground, like absolutely just dunked on everybody. It's probably just like a screen st uh, stats kind of thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, our best map is Hollywood because we win sixty five percent of the time or something. <laughs> You do look at Shanghai, though, and you struggle to come up with answers to how to improve this roster moving forward. I mean, least... what's so insane is, I mean, playing Flare and DM, sorry, Brand, for interrupting you. Yeah, playing no, Flare that's... and DM, and then you're swapping Lip and DM, and just <laughs> demolishing, like George said. I mean, that's ludicrous. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Almost, I would almost say that if they had been playing Lip and DM on Hollywood... This series could have been a 3 1 win for, for Shanghai. Like, I think that Flare was not really like i i don't think flutter was playing the hanzo to the same level that lip was uh, would, like would lip was it's... really doing an incredible job at shutting down striker when, when uh, the later this series got on do you say it's almost like a carpe like scenario no because Are the play styles played... are so significantly different no, i'm saying where they just they 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 felt the kind of need to play flutter uh, well, I mean, they didn't. That was what I liked about right, they, the adaptation. They, is that they yeah. actually subbed him out. Like you're subbing out your league MVP player, <laughs> Flatter. Yeah. Um, here, but but I think that uh, maybe it was a little too too late. Yeah. And I think that's a factor of just these teams didn't scrim against each other extensively before they came in, so they didn't quite know how much they'd be tested, and I they didn't know who they didn't really know like which which players would crumble. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think with Johnny, you just don't know where... Like, I think for all of these top four teams, like, I mean, maybe Seoul, you can kind of be like, okay, like, we, we can find a spot or two. You can uh, maybe go out and, like, free right. agency, try and find something. But Shanghai, like, how do you improve this roster? Like, I don't think there's an improving this roster. I think it's just running it back. Uh, and the roster's so good. I think when it gets to these final four scenarios as well, what I said about the mentality, we don't know the mentality of the teams coming into the final four when they're in that playoff scenario, but I guarantee you that a lot just weighs down onto that, like how well the scrims were on that day, on a given yeah. day, how confident you are coming into the next match, into your first set of matches. Um, there's only so much that you know the prep can do. And yeah, if you look at... Pound for pound, a lot of these rosters, like where the hell do you find well, an upgrade? I mean, well, we we also say, uh, how do you improve these rosters? And the way you almost improve these rosters is by just trying to fucking hold on everybody. Because you can yeah. imagine there's going to yeah. be a ton of teams who want yeah. some of these players who are on benches 
of you know Shanghai, of San Francisco, of Philly. Uh, like DM, for example. I mean, DM didn't DM. play for the majority of the regular season. <laughs> lost the times when he was played, even though he's obviously not the issue because the guy's popping uh, the fuck off. Ding is like, sitting on their bench, right? Like he's, exactly. He's, There's like, like uh, there are Luffy there are players pretty good. There are players uh, that might want to get more playtime. Hey, yeah. Striker sat on the bench pretty much all of last year. And he True. was like crying, not crying on stream about it, but he had like the stream titles, you know, about like being benched and like all <laughs> I, that. And we yeah, were like, so oh, I think, being benched I think last show. year's like, a different, last year's way MVP. different though. Uh, just because Goats was primarily the whole year, like he was not going to play. Like now with 222, I think it makes it way harder to justify being on a bench somewhere for Let's, an extended period well, of time. Well, yes and no. I mean, um, Okay, I mean, it depends on how cynic you want to be here. So I apologize in advance. But I mean, we know that most of these teams, like in the top in a way, like these top four teams, maybe there's like five, maybe add another one. They're just like, they're not equally good, but they're roughly the same level. And at that point, you're kind of just playing like meta randomizer on like who gets the best meta going into these playoffs to give you a slight advantage. Yeah, and then yeah, like, yeah. who can adapt better? Mm -hmm. But like... Soul wouldn't have been this good if it was a different meta. And it's yeah. like, Shanghai had DM, but like without DM, they wouldn't have been this good in this meta. Yeah, just, it's uh, like, you need some luck to go with a great roster. Yeah. I'm just thinking the team that you could make out of the players who are on the bench of these teams. You, you could make like almost like a top like yeah. six team yeah. out of the players on the bench of these top four teams. Really like, it's, kinda, it's actually just wild. Let's uh, let's talk about the lower bracket semifinals as well. Uh, I'm trying to speed through these a little bit now as well. When maybe. did this match? This match? Uh, oh yeah, this match was good. I thought this, this was, was the big upset. Match, yeah. Like if I if yeah. I was to call like the biggest upset, I don't necessarily this think one. it would be Philadelphia getting knocked no. out. I think it would be this one right this is here. Absurd, honestly. Like yeah. Shanghai, were, we expected them to be in the finals. Like that that was just a given when you ask most people. If they said otherwise, yeah. they had been. Fucking, I don't know, at the peace pipe or something beforehand. But like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I considered this a pretty large upset, mostly because the reason that I thought Soul Dynasty would be the fourth place team coming into these finals is because when they played domestically against Shanghai and Shanghai mirrored them in the hog, Shanghai pretty easily beat them in the hog mirror, right? So it was like, okay, maybe the hog is better and that's why Seoul were winning. But Shanghai mirrored them with no practice and just rolled them. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, indicated that Seoul were not that good of a team, but they had hit on the right meta. And, that, and they were probably going to struggle to beat these teams once it actually did come down to a mirror. And instead, Seoul looked fantastic on some of these maps. Like when they, the, the thing about this game was, it was so much about the map selections. Because the, the Kings Row and Dorado pick for Seoul, holy shit, oh, what incredible map picks in, yeah. the, in Dorado, here. Dude. Like the, the counter strats on Kings Row, and then the wonderful idea that they had of, of like how to play Dorado. Like just enormous kudos to the young dude. He was well, a year also, ahead of the time. We had the, uh, the narrative as well of the, like, the profit gesture playoff narrative of when they turn up or they, they play a lot better oh, in the dude. playoffs. But that was always just it was it was on the back burner until this match when we saw the individual performances of Profit and Gesture and they were just coming alive. We were like, "Oh my god, it's been a meme every year, and now it's finally fucking happening." 
it's it felt like going from like an action movie into like sci-fi. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. what the fuck? Well, okay, we're we're living in a mythological world. Like, what's yeah, what's happening? This is, what, this is what you thought this team would look like most of the year. Uh, yeah, you were yeah. like, you were like, hey, you take these players from London. Uh, you give them a little bit of a reboot with like a, a bunch of new, what? like really good players, yeah. and like maybe it breathes some more life into them. Uh, for half the season, it just looked like they were shopping for Gucci, uh, hanging out. That. You know, uh, they didn't even look like they were playing. Half well, the, the start season. of the season as well, yeah, people yeah, had people had their doubts with this team as well because they were like, oh, I don't know, given like the, the uh, London core. I like, mean, they they were those were reasonable doubts judging by yes, how the regular season yeah. went. But I remember at the start of this year. In some god that in some bar in Korea, speaking to Arnold and saying and just being drunk as fuck and just saying to him, "Nah, nah, I, I like your team. I like, I really like your team." Just like oh, grasping him by the shoulder, just reassuring him that his team was good. You know, I was like, I could see some high hopes. Little did I know that I was actually having epiphany into the uh, into the outcome of the twenty twenty five. I picked them as my uh, dark horse in the the preseason article, but I mean that's not I what a dark horse is. But we'll uh, get into it another time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's my APAC winner. Pre nobody predicted them to like uh, win the league, but uh, some people did in the prediction video. I can't remember who it was. Some people predicted Seoul video. to win. Um, I, I you gotta feel way better about this team's future after this weekend. I do worry about do you. <laughs> well, I, no, do you the thing is, I think we're good. getting the exact same shit next year. <laughs> oh yeah, we may. No, we may get the same thing. Uh, and honestly, they may just go on another little vacation like they did after the London thing, you know? They, the yeah. fucking but they, they also did get for, uh, fortunate with the meta. I mean, you yes. gotta, yeah. you have to say that. Like, Gesture and Marvel being able to play this style. I, yeah. Okay, if Gesture is also really good at the Arissa and the and the Winston comps, but there's just better teams at being we, able to play dive, and there's remember, better teams um, at being able to play rush think, by a long shot. We didn't think they were going to get by Guangzhou or New York. No. Ah, uh, you guys. Like, like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, even who this, like, if, if they didn't did. play the Roadhog and this it was happened. a different type of meta, they they might this, not have. I kid you not, this happened almost every single tournament that we saw this year <laughs> that Seoul played in. Almost every single one. You remember the, in yeah. the lead-up to it, the regular season games? They would just look dog shit. They were like, what's going on with Seoul? We don't know. We don't. We just yeah. don't know. This team's lost. Just, just blow it so up. Blow it up. Regular season. Blow it they up. They started the year else. like one and four, and then they were three up against, oh, against the Shanghai Dragons but, in the main melee finals. Can I just say they the were parallels? Up three and the parallels of Seoul and London in 2018 <laughs> are so apt. Like, I was yeah, looking at the are. regular season of London, and it's like, stage one and two did really well in 2018. Stage three and four, less so. I think they went like four and six and four and six or something close to that. Like, they didn't do particularly well in their stages, and then they came alive in the playoffs. I was like, oh my god. This kind of narrative, it's like, you look at the Seoul Dynasty's regular season and how they performed, it's, it's so... It's like we're just seeing history repeat itself. You have players that are like this, though, that, like, they they can turn it on when it matters, but, like, during the regular season, they're just not not it. But eventually, though, it's going to turn out like how it did last year with London, where you can't turn it on, you're so far behind, you don't get the meta, and... That was Colts. 
That's it. Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, that might also a... happen with like if this was a Reinhardt Rush comp at the end of the year, one hundred percent would have happened again. Like Soul would have just bombed like, out. Even and like this... their Diva play with Marvel wasn't great throughout the exactly. Whole... Yeah, I if mean, this like... had been like Winston Diva yeah. that would have bombed out as well. Probably. I mean, that's the one thing you need to fucking fix with this team. I was molding at the start of the year at the fact that they were playing Marvel off tank for the majority <laughs> of the time. It's like okay, I I can yeah. I can buy into the the idea. That maybe Mitchell isn't the future oh, of the uh, off tank for this team, but you, for real, like you, I, I don't think you can rely on gesture solely. We've seen teams, San Francisco, Shanghai Dragons, they have two main tanks that like play different roles. If you cannot have one main tank that does it all, like gesture, get another main oh. tank, Marvel, and then get a proper fucking off tank. This yeah, team I mean, really has gotten away with murder this year. <laughs> they really yeah. have. Uh, it's an easy solution. They should just go get Fury. Easy. <laughs> bring everybody back with a new logo. Here um, is also potentially where Shanghai Dragons lost the uh, lost the series. If they make a draw happen here, the, I, I think they almost certainly mm -hmm. win. But if but because they ended up losing because they didn't keep track of gesture and he goes on this big long <laughs> flank and he kills Stan One and then Izayaki afterwards, just kind of uh, rolling around. Like, in look their at back this. Line. like it's ridiculous. I think this ended up with the win, right? Because he bought them so much space all across the point that Profit was able to get kills. I think, I think this so. ended up coming out with a win. Actually, I maybe can't it remember. Didn't. Dude, I this was like a 7 a.m. I can't remember. Soul really did get away with murder the whole year, playing Gesture and Marvel pretty much the whole time. Uh, remember, this team signed Slime and then like yeah, barely played well. him. Like, I mean, yeah. like, like Slime is on this roster. Like, uh, how, how much? How much time did Creative get prior to the playoffs? Just plugging in, playing Ana here in the playoffs. I, I do wonder if yeah. they would have gotten. He was good though. Uh, yeah, if they would have yeah. gotten Twilight, I wonder how that would have panned out for this team. But mm. uh, probably the exact like, same, to be honest. I feel like I this. Mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of the team just seems like it's a. Like Michelle looked good last year that he didn't play. Like uh, it's the know, tanks, really, isn't maybe. it? It all comes down to the tanks and getting them on comfortable positions. By yes. the way, this team has Wizard Young as a coach. Yeah, it's like we forget that like sometimes after last year, but you know, it's yeah. It's a, it's Man's a, been it's keeping his head down for the last eighteen months. <laughs> Doesn't want to make any more YouTube videos and uh, provides interviews of him saying well, God, He's what a genius was and whatnot. Uh... Genius was the quote. Typical wasn't genius. It? Yeah. This this game though, I mean, the, you you go forwards to Vols, uh, to Dorado, and I feel like this is where Seoul won the mental game. Yeah, I, I think they boomed Shanghai. The fifth map, Busan, Shanghai were boomed completely and utterly boomed. They were population boomsville, and uh, it all comes down to Dorado for me because Seoul just picked a map that we hadn't really seen so very much in the playoffs, and they had a perfect strategy for how to be able to run it. It was just a pocket pick, and they won. And Shanghai realized that they might lose. I think this is a good learning experience, though, for the Dragons. Like, I feel like uh, I feel like everything... I don't want to say it was, like, easy for them throughout the year, but it probably felt pretty easy to these players for a bit, uh, considering how good they were. Uh, I think a loss here definitely kind of puts them in a... Obviously, they would have loved to win, but I think a loss definitely puts them in a good spot for next year to stay motivated and not kind of let up in these type of situations. Like, uh, yeah, they're gonna be raring it, to go for next year. Oh, this is the team that would that would love for next year to start today. Like, they yeah. want to probably or, get right back into it. Yeah, I mean, there's two alternatives: they're going to be burnt the fuck out, or they're just going to be raring to go. I mean, I, I don't really see a middle ground in that. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, an interesting culmination to get to our eventual grand finals that we're now going to talk about, which was San Francisco Shock versus Seoul, which was the, I mean, I, I'd love to see who got the most points in terms of their, their bracket predictions. Because remember, Did you see Custer still... was in like sixth Custer place or something. Yeah. It was eighth place, I think. Yeah. Custer? Yeah. 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 I don't know why. What? Can we see his bracket, actually? I'm, I'm going to find his bracket and try and pull it up. I tried how to find it on so the Overwatch League website the other day, but I, I don't know how to reach that old bracket thingy. I thought you were yeah, about to say you don't know how to read. I was about to say, I was like, that's I don't know how to read, problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's just madness as well with the whole Washington justice journey. I, 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 I know he had Shock to win it all. And oh, I wonder I found if he it. got bonus points for Shock winning. You, had to, um, you choose the scoreline as well, though, the grand finals. Okay, I found so, the bracket if we want to do a live analysis of Custer's Imagine Pepega if Custer bracket. won the 10k. That would have been 100k. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Huh? So he pretty this much only predicted the upper bracket correctly in both uh, North yeah. America and Grand Final. Because he had Valiant going far in North America. Yeah. Um, and in APAC as well, he, pretty, he got the initial picks right and then was right about Dragons. Um, uh. It's crazy that this was one of the best, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like actively yeah. so many things what was wrong the best? with it. If you go to leaderboards at the top, what was the best bracket? I think this was like sixth uh, or Penelope fifth. or something won. Yeah. What did Penelope, Penelope get? Custer in nine. Had to be a Saul Dynasty fan. What was going okay. on here? Washington beating Dallas, losing to Shock. Oh my God. Wow. Florida beating Gladiators. That's insane. Imagine, hold on, so what is the grand finals? What did they have uh, grand finals? Yeah, what is the grand finals where they won it. like? Soul, there it is. Soul. Yeah. yeah. Soul. Well, I mean, that's probably, they also got a lot of points from Asia just predicting that Soul would make it through, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh but, my oh, God. Oh, oh, Asia Holy what shit. The... Penelope. Penelope pop off. Yo, okay. Okay. For us, bring them on. in next year. Bring imagine, them in. hold on, if you go to grand finals, analyst, imagine the pressure they were feeling watching the shock Shanghai match when it went to <laughs> map five. Yeah, probably forgot about the bracket to be honest. Come on, let's bring no, it. No, <laughs> if you're this far ahead, I'm following this all the way because it's 10 grand. Oh, yeah. There's no fucking no, 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 it's 100,000. 100,000 no. for a perfect bracket. Perfect oh, bracket. okay. No, see, one, no one's going to get that. This uh, one was damn good, though. Yeah. 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 Very good. Got boomed by Washington in North America and then unfortunately by Philadelphia not winning against Seoul. Because otherwise, if Philly won against Seoul, I mean, the rest of that bracket probably would have been perfect as well. Interesting. Oh, very interesting. Good, job. good work. We should, you should have got her on as one of your guests uh, on Watchpoint. Instead, the they, they kept me winner. up at uh, 8 a.m. or whatever yeah. the hell time I was on. <laughs> Kurt, somebody next year did. we're hitting up Penelope. Maybe we'll get you some. I, I just remember when I was on Watchpoint, somebody said something, uh, and it was just so like a, such a painfully obvious take. I think it was either it was either uh, it may have been you, Johnny. And then I went. <laughs> yeah, it you. may have been me because I was on the show, and Matt. I, and, yeah, and then I went at Johnny. For, I went at whoever said it for a bit. Somebody said something so painfully obvious. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. They played the match as well. Uh, You know, they played five maps. Like, I was just going in on them. I forgot. It's so ironic that you were the one to point that out as well. Yeah, you're digging at people for obvious takes when it, at the time, it would have been nine in the morning. Yeah. 
and they, they would have been up for nine hours. Look, I was fuck, I was I was just jacked up on a ton of caffeine. I had drank a, a thirty uh, a, a Trenta iced coffee. I had some G fuel. Yeah. I had a pizza at four a.m. I was just what? I was just gearing to go. What an insane finals we had, though. Best finals that we've had thus far in the Overwatch. Thank you for the other Thank the you. other two finals combined are probably as long as this series. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I. Damn, I, I really wish. Actually, no, the I'm first... not going to say that, that I wish we went to map 7. Okay, so my prediction was Seoul were going to win 4-3. to three. And so everything went as planned until <laughs> Hollywood. And I thought that Seoul would win Hollywood and then win the final escort. But shock being able, I just skipped right to the end. No one gives a shit about map 1-5. to five. <laughs> I just skipped right to the end. <laughs> but, but, I mean... This yeah, whatever. Start at, the, start at the first. I'm fucking one of the whatever. That, uh, that shock actually would have uh, gotten hurt by their kind of win the control and kind of everything yeah, I, else. Because, because the later half of the series, you didn't have that control. It goes like to... Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it, they would have lost if they went to seven. I agree with Jonathan. Yeah. That's what I put out yeah, in my tweet at the map. beginning. Yeah. I said they, they're going to win the control on hybrid maps, so yeah. they're going to win 4-2. But if they, if they had happened to lose one of them, if the Soul Dynasty squeak any map away from them, then they probably lose in seven. God, what now, a wild scenario if Soul would have won the league. Yeah, but also Dude, because I was mauling about that all weekend. To um, to I think this is like going to become a big fan narrative as well, where they're like, "Oh, Shock only won on controller hybrid. Is it deserved?" At the end of the day, what? when you look across the entirety of this series somebody would Shock say definitely that oh, there were a lot of people saying that on the bro, um, what, what are these on people the subreddit smoking, bro. That, that, i mean that's a I, very like, fair take on. i think matt i think that's what? super fair oh, you go to reddit with those idiots nah hell no, no <laughs> you, that, that, you won the series that, that's what i said what do you mean i mean the, the, the series the series is an arbitrary collection of game modes i mean in theory there could be three times that assault comes up in the first seven and that could be the rule set and then you'd be like oh you oh, won the uh, series i mean fairyland where three assaults are in a series and it they, they, they won the series my point okay, anyway so though, Matt, is that they that. played the better overwatch shock played the better overwatch no matter what so like okay. whatever the Whatever game modes you could put game modes together where they. Oh, I thought won. you were siding with those other people. No, I'm not siding with the fans because oh, I, I you think you look at the nah, you look at the actual angry. game, look at the like, eye test. Like, dumb. Yeah. Shock were clearly the better team, but at the same time, you could have made the Soul Dynasty win with a format change here. I really believe that so, if you if you just swap the second control for an escort map, Soul win the the entire tournament, the mm -hmm. the the whole of the league. But, but that's what I said in the post-show, that I was so happy that Shock won this way, in that they won Hollywood. Because, if you look at Hollywood, both teams played double sniper. And so essentially, Shock beat Seoul at their own game. Had they not done that, and had like 7th map and like a control or whatever, then I think you could have made that argument like, oh, they were carried by Strikers, Trace from Control, you know, they got so many free wins in that regard. But because they won on Hollywood with the double sniper composition, they were superior than Seoul at their own composition. And I think that was crucial for that narrative that you were speaking of right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. I thought I mean, Josh was siding with the people who said it. it, it I, I don't think it's a dumb take, though, to be honest. Because like, the, the thing is, 
the the way the bo7s work is so different to the way the bo5s work as well and it all comes down to the order would you rather see uh like a double bo5 instead of a bo7 i don't know i'm not sure i haven't thought through the the argument like fix it right far we'd get pushed in overwatch but a double bo5 yeah, a double BO5 means that you play four maps of control over the course of both of the BO5s, which right. puts like a crazy thing on uh Crazy emphasis on control. on control. Yeah. But then, yeah, I mean, I guess like, a, so I, I never kind of thought about that way because the way Call of Duty was, was you had two search and destroys and two hard points. So you had two game modes that made up four maps in a set. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, what some people on Reddit were suggesting is that not in these big BO7 series, not only do you get to choose the map, but you get to choose the game mode. So you, would, you wouldn't just say... Uh, I so, like I mean, that That's is just like a more normal style bad. of doing things. Basically, it's just all maps are available, pick a map. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't hate that's that. I think that's never going to happen. That's, I don't think that will bad. happen. I don't think that Overwatch, the, the like... The, the company wants that to happen, but I think that that would be a good system. Now, like, what, what what's would, wrong with that? What I would be okay with is if you got rid of Assault and you still did, like, Control Hybrid Escort, but then instead of that Assault map, you could pick out of the other game modes to play. What do you like, mean? not the whole series. But oh, like, you mean, like, a, let's say Game 4 was play. supposed to be Assault, you would remove it, and they could pick between whether they wanted an extra Escort mm. or Hybrid. Yeah, now that I think about it as well, if you could pick any map, it seems very likely to me that Shock would just keep picking Control. They would maps. just pick Control, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, so, like, it actively might get worse. They'd lose, pick Control. Like, it'd be, imagine how boring that would be. Somebody would pick, you would have Escort Control, Escort Control, Escort Control. It'd be brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, can we just on... enjoy and savor this moment as well? Because not so long ago we had predetermined maps for every series. So you know, let's just savor this moment for a bit. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. it also depends on. I reckon it could be quite interesting over time. Like you see, we'd see teams specialize in certain maps um, or certain game modes, I suppose, to throw other teams off. Well, like you'd you're, still you're have to. going to have this issue with a with a game that has multiple game modes like this. Um, yes. If... And if yeah. like push is a thing for Overwatch too, right? Like, uh, like that does you, help. You're gonna, no, it doesn't help. It just it just dilutes it even more, right? No, I think that does help because oh, well, because then you have five game modes. So for a Bo5, you have that's one provide, of each game mode. That's providing that like assault is still something that they want to go with in the future, right? I mean, I'm making the assumption it. that they're not just gonna. Box We've already seen assault changes. Uh, I mean, people don't like assault, so I could yeah, see people don't like assault. The, I could totally see the them replacing. I, I, I would like. I would like them to keep it, to be honest, because I think having five game modes is, it's just a healthy thing. Because like nice. even in this Bo7, you get all the way through five before you ever have to repeat anything. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I would like that. Yeah, that's way healthier. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, my, my kind of point for bringing this up was, even though the argument itself has some merit that, you know, Shock did literally win by only winning Control and Hybrid, they were the best team in the Grand Finals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell that when you watch. The, the, it, in, the, in the very last Grand Final that happened right here between Shock and Soul, all of the maps that Soul won felt like they were just so having to try so hard to win anything they really did they had to work for every little inch of the map whereas when shock won it felt fairly comfortable okay so um i want sorry did you have anything Brian? uh no i mean i'm just gonna kind of 
opened up with a with a good question, a nice little topic. But if you want to add on, go ahead. Um. No, well, no, I can do that later. Okay. Can, uh, I was just gonna say, Super said in a post game interview, um, that this puts the San Francisco Shock essentially as the best Overwatch team of all time. Uh, yeah. Not just in Overwatch League, but in every single iteration of tournament structures that we've had. Uh, the San Francisco Shock winning back-to-back championships as the competitions got higher and higher over the course of this entire season and the previous season puts them as the best team of all time. What, what do you guys make of that? In Overwatch, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Who? My question is, who, is who did they there? overtake? Yeah. Like, yeah, who, yeah, who, yeah, who, who was, was it? considered that? I don't know what the shock word was. It there already. Runaway? GC Busan with the London GC Busan, maybe. But but GC Busan wasn't really like the thing is you can't say it was GC Busan and then London because those are two very different teams, right? Yeah. Like they didn't they didn't feel the the same. I don't think they even fielded four of the same for the majority of. Right, the I'm suppose, not about suppose... to have like a discussion about who the second best team of Overwatch team of all time is. I suppose Runaway. Oh, but that's that's really important for whether or not Shock are, because... It, it would well, be, if it we're going to have been... the conversation at all, then, you know, who, then Shock are number one. Well, I mean, who... Yeah, but, like, who did they even pass? I mean, I would I, say I, it has to be NYXL. I was going to say New York, potentially. Because yeah. even though they haven't really won anything, they were consistent over three... I mean, one they season. didn't do that, that well, but... Well, two seasons. They finished third last year. That's really fucking that's good. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. So... I think maybe it was New York, but like the, the, I don't think there really has been like a great. Nobody team. Had maybe a strong... you could say Runaway was the greatest organization. Yeah, you could say maybe Runaway. Being able to conclusively say that you're the best Overwatch team of all time, I think that's a big deal. So I think I don't that is it, though, yeah, right? It it just puts every other team to rest. Like there's no real counter argument. Um, there may sure. not have been a counter argument before. Sure, but the, but you could make you could make arguments like you could, yeah, I you guess could bring you could. up other teams. But now, I mean, yeah. you you've literally you're back to back champions. It's yeah, that's, that's kind of insane. Yeah, what yeah. insane so, finals? What yeah. do you memorable think if... moments? I wanted to talk about first. Yeah, go on. Unless you're done with the topic, Josh. I was just gonna continue it in dumb ways. That's just <laughs> no, that's. Not, I was gonna talk not... about Philly, man, because they made the finals in 2018 and they made the they made the top four this year. But it's just nonsense. Let's, no, let's move on. Let's yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to say uh, talk about memorable moments. Like when we look back on this finals, like what are you going to remember? So we uh, 2018, we remember Prophet having that moment on Volskaya and Mitch just like casting out of his mind. Yeah. This one, there are two moments for me. One not so hype is Fitz using EMP on Busan. Mm, the fat finger. The fat, the fat finger. Because yeah. I honestly believe Soul would have won that round mm. with that EMP. Yep. Had he not I definitely Busan. think and so. And that could have been an immense swing of momentum in the series if Soul manages to somehow win that round and then win. Busan. I almost think they have the series in the bag at that's, point. That's quite a big leap, though, isn't it? Because I, I saw people people in my chat were saying that as well. If they hadn't... That fat finger was enormous. It did influence that round. They would have won the round. But it is a leap to then say they probably would have won I mean, Busan. No, no, no I'm not saying like probably, a... but it's a sliding door reality, right? It's a, it's a what if. Sure, a really yeah, it would increase if. their chances, of course. Yeah. But... I think they still, they still have a less than 50% chance of winning that third round that they go to. Am I? Yeah. Would you, I mean, would you agree with that? Am I dumb for not having any memorable moments from the grand finals? Like uh, the the overall finals was good, but it wasn't a moment that sticks out in my mind. It was. Uh, 
it was it was a finals that was like a little bit different like i think uh from casting the three of them uh the first year oh, you a, definitely remember flex you definitely <laughs> remember uh the uh the london play the profit one yeah of course uh, of course last year you remember the finals existing uh <laughs> There wasn't really much, honestly. Yeah. It was, it it's was, brutal, a, it was it? a blowout. Uh, yeah. Did architect? The... Did architect do his bastion jump onto the chandelier? Was that in the final, or was that in I think just it... one of the other playoffs? Was games? it in the finals? Was it? I remember that from like a big game at the end, but I can't remember whether it was the final. Ball, or not. chandelier jump. He went from the cart up to the, the uh, roof. I don't know. No, that no, I, that's what I'm asking. Was Eichenwald so. was played in the finals? Uh, yeah, I think it was in the finals, and I believe uh, it, that actually may have been true, Josh. He may have played Farah on defense and the Bastion on it, offense. It was. I've just looked um, it up. It was. It was the grand finals. Okay. I mean, that is the uh, moment that sticks out to me from yeah. last year's grand. Yeah. That is just styling on them. Uh, um, this one, it was so close uh, at times, and I feel like there wasn't like really any one big like standout moment. I think there was one moment where Ants like really popped off. I forgot when. I mean, maybe the ending with Super on the Roadhog uh, to win, but it didn't yeah. have. That, I think it had uh, a much I larger density of of cool moments. Cool, so the yeah. individual ones just don't stand out that much. That's true but because the first two we, seasons are blowouts, so you don't you don't yeah. you just remember the one or two moments. That's we, really we it. gotta start. Uh, we gotta start rapping. So I'm gonna yeah. start. Yeah. Can I just last. say one one more yeah. one more play that really Real stood out quick. for me, which didn't impact the map when you reflect on it, but Violet going up on the roof on Hollywood and surviving with mm. one HP. Taking oh, yeah. When he, when he took out the Widow and the Mercy, right? Yeah. yeah. That was one wild. HP. One yeah. HP left yeah. after dueling Toby. Um, that will definitely stand out to people, point. actually, because, yeah, again, so Violet like, was like a potential MVP candidate of that match, yeah, and, and that was play. one of those moments that was just like, oh, my God, this guy's ridiculous. Yeah. Let's move on. So, Let's yep. talk the final section, the final segment of the episode, which is my player of the week. Kurt, please mm -hmm. run the tape. We done yet? No. Presented by T-Mobile. Wow, that's actually... <laughs> I heard that one. Possibly an incredibly disrespectful uh, slide that we recorded. Um, was was yeah. that a long day of recording happening there, Brian? I can't remember why we recorded that. I mean, because I knew it was recording. I think I thought it would be funny if I just came in and said, are we done yet? <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if it was that funny. I mean, who knows? Did you laugh? Write a comment. Uh, my player of the week this week is... <laughs> Please laugh. <laughs> my player of the week this week it is... It's so funny, Johnny, that you, uh, you led with that moment because my player of the week is Violet for oh, his yeah, performance buddy. in the grand finals. Um, I think Violet, he was my, he was my vote for the MVP of that match. I think I'm not upset that, uh, that Stryker ended up getting it. Um, but I thought Violet's play over the course of the entire series was paramount in them shutting down what Sol were chucking at them, like gesture being punished way more. His individual heroics from Violet were just astounding. Uh, I think he, he played really, really, really well. Um, and so that's why he's my player of the week this week. Oh, that's a good one. Johnny voted yeah. for Rascal to be the MVP of the final. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. You could have voted for... The, I you think there was an option to vote for two of you. Uh, who, yeah. who, did you guys, is, uh, who did you guys think was the MVP? I thought it was close between like two or three players. 
Yeah, I, I went for striker, but I also at the beginning of the series thought, I thought it was that super it at the was beginning violent. of the series. Really? You thought it was super? Yeah, I, I mean super, super was really good at I the thought beginning. Super's impact on Hog, like towards the beginning. Uh I, I thought I thought his hog was really strong the entire The thing is though, at the it. beginning, I feel like the biggest hog difference was that Jesha had a permanent Discord orb on him. That's yeah. also true. Yeah. The impact that Violet had throughout the series was not just in terms of his ability, like obviously fantastic, and his clutch moves to Batiste and like the the fragging that he's able to do, all fantastic. But the fact that they just had they got value out of him subtly with the Discord all placements yeah. as well. It was just it just fucking hard countered the Soul Dynasty. I, I, I still think it was more pronounced though than in the series prior because when Soul Shock played the first time around. The, the same situation where it was where Violet playing Sen, and I don't think the Roadhog difference was that pronunciated as it was in this series. Like, I think it was really noticeable. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much better. They played around it more, I think, but still. They like, definitely the did. Like, they, was there. I, I think in the first series, Super kept hooking Gesture in and just dying to the Nana Boosts. Like, he would hook yeah. Gesture in, suddenly he's got a Nana Boost Gesture in his face. Yeah. And this one, they, they basically didn't do that at all. They just put a Discord orb on him and they poked him from a distance. Like, they, they would never try and hook him in. They were just poking him from a distance. Mark. It was clear, like, strategic adaptation. It's the number one thing that the Shock are so fantastic at, is that they just read an opponent and fuck up their play style the second time they play them. Very, very smart stuff. It's, uh, and it's so interesting how the league is developed in a way to where, remember season one where, like, Jonak was so dominant, like, on the Zen, and you're like, well, there's only a few teams that can get away with playing Zen in different comps like this, so, like, now it's like Violet just mm. casually, right? Just whether it's Zen or even like the g going over to Batiste just dominates a game. Yeah. I feel like he does it with even like less resources, just kind of like, just he just does it, you know? Yeah, I de definitely agree. But I, I did think that Striker was the MVP. Like if you, I think it was the right finals MVP. The guy pounded on Tracer, like mm -hmm. unbelievably. <laughs> and then his Hanzo was at least as good as profits in this final game yeah. as well, which is such a huge thing to be able to put out there. We didn't talk about it at all. Are you guys surprised that they didn't try and profit on Tracer at all? They tried in the first match and in it the didn't first work series, for them. They did. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just like, I'm not disappointed they didn't do it. I think it was just like, you know, they were like, oh, we're not gonna... I was disappointed they didn't try like ball Tracer at some points. Mm -hmm. Like they struggled so much on Hollywood and you can't really do it because of the high ground. It's very hard to play it. But at some point, I think you should have brought back out the Genji, dude. Deal they with the Violet Genji, and Genji pick Man, was... how did I... They brought the dude, Genji that's the moment from the finals. Oh, how did I forget about Genji. that? It happened so fast, dude. It, that was so good, actually. I it love was. that. It was like fucking vintage profit. Just, I, when we were casting, I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah. I was so like, they selected Genji. Was but like, it made so much be... sense strategically. It was brilliant. It was beautiful it, it, to watch. It does, but I was like, I was like, this is just some fucking ballsy pick. Like, they're going to play the fucking Genji against the I mean, I liked it. Yeah. It made a lot of sense. The thing, I mean, you also. You, you have to dodge the hook, the accretion, and yeah. headshots from all of their snipers. Like it's not a, it's not a hard counter like to the minutes, double sniper like, comp. Like you no, have to be so good to play it's very around. Very effective the at taking control of the map compared to like the the snipers. Like taking but control of blue not... box, their snipers can't stand up there when there's a fucking Genji right clicking you. But yeah. even then, uh, the, the the one of the bigger plays. It was such a sick play, actually. 
was like the last fight when they nattoed Prophet and super hooked him in and killed him. Yeah, that was enormous. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Creative just hit some fucking giga big fucking biotic grenade. Yeah, I think it hit like four or five well. people. Creative had a really good, uh, I think, top four games, you know, like the grand finals overall. He did, yeah. He played Creative incredibly played well. Really well. Yeah, the whole season yeah. rest up for him, yeah. It was, it was a, a bit of a breakout um, performance for sure. Yeah, breakout yeah. performance for Creative. I... I think, are we ready to wrap? Because I've got a couple of questions for you guys. Yeah. I know that we have to, yeah, we like have only to five wrap. more minutes. We have to, we have yeah. to wrap soon. Yeah, yeah I, I think in the in the last five minutes, I've got a, a question for a, a couple of you guys. Oh, okay, <laughs> three of you guys. Yeah, I'm not expecting Brent to, be, to answer. I I tweeted um, that Prophet and Gesture are clearly the best duo of all time after they made the finals, after they, they beat Shanghai in the lower bracket and they make it to another finals and Profit and Gesture are both playing so well. Yep. Do you guys agree with that? Do you think Profit and Gesture yep. are the greatest duo of all time in Overwatch? Yep. For now. I think depending on what goes on with the Shock next year, uh, I think just kind of... like they, They've been so consistent, right? I feel like you kind of have to give it to them, but... Mm. It's still kind it's of a, it's not a funny question or an answer. Well, it's just like, well, of course, it hinges on the future. You know, there's more history to be written. Well, I mean, I just give it to them now because, like, we haven't really seen any team or player duos be that consistent in the past. I think there's uh, a more consistent duo. For three Would you like years. to tell us who Are it is? Tell us who yeah, it I was is. just letting yeah. the suspense build up before I oh. <laughs> let it rip. Uh, Moff and Violet. I was going to say that too. I think they've been a more consistent, more successful duo. I was going to say so. Moth. When, when, you don't when think he so, posed Johnny? The question, when he posed the question, the duo I thought of next was Moth and Violet. I think, um, you look at this, they've won... I mean, I say look at this, I've got nothing to back this up other than my words, but the, the, they've, they've played... Two finals now, back to back, and they've won them. They've won multiple of the inner tournaments and stage finals together as well, side by side. Compare that to Profit and Gesture. Like, yeah, Profit and Gesture had a bit of a tear up here, and they won 2018 together, but they had a fucking lackluster 2019. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, but... okay, okay. So this is contingent on counting Overwatch history or not. Because so wanna... 2017, they fucked so hard. It was like San Francisco shock before it was San Francisco shock. It was unbelievable how good GC Busan was in 2017. And yeah. I will not forget that. So if you want to count Overwatch League duo, yeah, sure. Maybe Moth and Violet. But Overwatch history of all time? Sorry, buddy. I'm not no, it depends how hard you... I know it's like Moth, Moth and Violet haven't had a lackluster year, but they also have only been around for the last two years. Well, like I will say as well, it's how much you weigh the oldest tournaments, which Johnny is going to weigh super heavily because his, his livelihood no, 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 consists no, 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 on no, no, that. I, I, I weigh them like equally. You know, if you look at I, 1965 basketball, obviously those players were way worse than they were the current ones with like LeBron James and shit. But like you still have to weigh it in context to how good the players were back then, sure. you know? I mean, the players were still good back then as well. Like, he was beating Haxel Runaway back yeah, yeah, then. Yeah. Like, that, that, yeah. that was not... It was not bad teams that they were rolling around. We're not talking well, 2016. Well, over what was your other question, Eggman? We, no, we got to wrap. Uh, no more yeah, questions. Wrap. Well, yeah, one more question. Well, what? my next question will be good for another episode, I think, because it was... What is it? Tease it. Talking greatest of all time. Because I think oh. we're now getting to a position where we can actually start saying who's in the conversation for the GOAT of Overwatch. 
Like I think Let's this do an award show next week. <laughs> Toad yeah. season award show. Boom. Award show. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Well, I say that. I mean, yeah. I mean, it has. It's, yeah, it's been okay. Uh, see, see you next week, I suppose. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>